to glory land It won't be long Until I take the hand Of Jesus Christ With a great big smile We'll sit right down Charles Watson was born again on May 23, 1975, at the California Men's Colony. His transformation can best be described as amazing grace. Here's one of his messages from his early years of ministry. Talking on the subject of holiness. As you know, I've been teaching on that here lately. And when we talk about holiness, we're talking about sanctification. Sanctification. Now, I want to briefly uh, review a little bit here and let you know what the word holiness, what the word sanctification means. So if I lose you, please bear with me. But I want to give you about three Greek words here, which I think are very important when we look at the word holy. Because in your Bible, you will see such words as holy, you'll see such words as sanctify, you'll see such words as saint, sacred, pure, clear. See, all these words here mean holy, and they, mean, they come from the Greek word meaning hagios, hagios or hagios, some people uh, pronounce that. And this word hagios is something that takes place in the believer that causes that person to be totally 100% separated from the things of the world, from the things of sin, from the things of Satan, and totally joined to Jesus Christ. That word again is hagios. And hagios means holy. It means to sanctify. And it takes place in the saint, in the saint. So if you're a saint here tonight, the thing about holiness that you need to know is that you have been made holy. That word is spelled H-A-G-I-O-S, hagios. And it means holy, it means sanctify. It's when a person is separated from the world and joined to Christ. That's what takes place, hagios. Now, the other word, H-A-G-I-O-S, that word occurs many times throughout the New Testament. It's Greek, and the New Testament was written in Greek, many of you know, and then the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. Now also, this word hagios, which is an adjective, has a verb to go along with it. And that verb in the Greek language is hagiazo, hagiazo, that's H-A-G-I-A-Z-O. That word there is used 36 times in the New Testament. Now this is what that word means, hagiazo, H-A-G-I-A-Z-O. It means to make holy, to make holy. And it's very important. I cannot tell you this enough. It's very important for you to know that when you got born again and when you got regenerated in Christ Jesus and when you got born again, it's very important to know that you were, past tense, made holy. Hagios. Hagiazo. That you were actually made holy. Now that's good to know, isn't it? No matter what any man will talk about you and say about you, you know that you have been made holy and that you are a saint of God. Now that hagiazo there, it's a verb. It's an action word. It means to make holy. To make holy. At salvation, you were made right with God. You were made holy. You were sanctified. In other words, a regeneration process took place inside of you. That is a positional, a positional status or status that you have been placed in as a Christian. A position that you have been placed in as a Christian. You have been positionally made and given the status of holy, of being made holy, of being a saint of God. That's why when someone comes up to you and makes a railing accusation about you, whether it's regarding your past or whether it's regarding anything that they would want to, to say about you, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your standing with God as a saint is holy. You understand what I'm saying? 
And when you know that, and when you have faith that you have been, past tense, a verb, made holy, hegiazo, when you know that beyond a shadow of a doubt from reading the Word of God and finding out that that Word is said to be about you as a believer, you can stand in the front of anything and say, in the name of Jesus, I'm right with God, and that's what counts. You understand what I'm saying? That's what counts. Now, that's faith. That's knowing who you are in Christ positionally as a child of God. You are a saint. Remember that word hegiazo now uh, means to make holy. Now, another definition that I have uh, had, uh, that I've given out in my classes on hegiazo, the verb to make holy, it, this is what it means. It means to set apart, to set apart. It's the same word, in other words, for being sanctified. In other words, you've heard people say, I've been born again of the Holy Ghost. I'm sanctified, regenerated, amen, filled with the Holy Ghost. The saying that you often hear that I'm saved, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and I'm sanctified. Or I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, that word sanctified there means to set apart. In other words, you've been set apart. Or you have been separated or set apart from the world. From the world. Amen. From the things of the world. From that old worldly life, you've been set apart from it by and unto God. In other words, you've been set apart by God. You didn't set yourself apart. God set you apart when the Holy Spirit came in. You have been set apart by and unto God for His pure and holy use. For His pure and holy use. That's very important. Because God set you apart for a purpose. To use you. For a pure and a holy use. So that you could live a holy life so that you could live for His praise and in service to Him. Now, when we talk about this word sanctified, holy, hegiazo, to be set apart, any of those definitions there, we're talking about what took place in your spirit, in your spirit. Now, you and I know that you have not been 100% set apart and made holy in your mind or in your soul, don't you? But you have spiritually. Now, that's what we're going to see tonight, that you have holiness in your spirit. You have complete 100% holiness, Holy Spirit in your spirit. Now, when you see that word uh, hagios, the first word we talked about there, which meant holy, that's the word in the Greek that always goes with Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, hagios. And then, that is the Holy Spirit, but then the hagiazo... You know, in Spanish, when you hear a word with an O on the end of it, it's always like uh, 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 I, tingo, I have, right? When the Greek, like hegiazo, it's I make holy. In other words, God makes you holy. Amen? First person. First person, uh, I make holy. In other words, God made you holy at salvation. He set you apart. In other words, he did that in your spirit when you got born again. We're going to look at that a little bit more here in a second. Now, I was given another definition this week as I looked in the uh, Dakes Bible. Uh, many of you might have the Dakes Bible now. But the, the definition that I had was just about the same. But this definition says, to, sepa to separate unto God from a profane, secular, and carnal use. Were any of you ever in a secular, profane, carnal use? Well, now you have been separated from that. You have been separated spiritually from a profane, secular, carnal use. And then you have been placed in a sacred use. Or you have consecrated yourself wholly to God for His service. So what this is saying is that you have been taking out, you have been taken out of one place of being used by Satan. And you have been placed into a position by separating yourself from that place of carnality and secular use, and you have been placed into a position with God which is holy and separated from that worldly, carnal, secular place of life, and that has taken place in your spirit when the Holy Ghost came in. Amen? 
when the Holy Ghost came into you, you were separated unto God. You have God living inside of you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now, there's one more word that I briefly want to bring out tonight because we're going to be teaching on this later on. It's the word hagiasmos. It's got an M-O-S on the end of it. H-A-G-I-A-S-M-O-S. Now, when you see this word in the scriptures, and we'll be going into some of these scriptures a little later on where this particular word is used, it is mostly used when we talk about a process of sanctification or a process of holiness. Now, talking about the positional one-time holiness in your spirit, remember, is hegiazo. But when we put the hegiazmos on the end of it and we look up those scriptures in the Bible, we find out that these particular scriptures are talking about a progressive, a progressive process of sanctification which takes place from the time that you were born again all the way through your life. Amen? In other words, as you begin to grow in your spiritual walk, as you begin to progress by getting into the Word of God, you begin to renew your mind in the area of your soul. Now, many of you know by now that you have a spirit, I mean, that you are a spirit, that you have a soul, and that you live in a body. Amen? So, in other words, what I'm saying in that, that you have to first become holy in your spirit. And then you begin to start a progress of becoming holy in your soul, which is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Say that. My soul is made up of my mind, my will, and my emotions. Now, this progressive sanctification that we're going to be talking about that has to continue to take place in your soul takes place when you begin to renew your mind, when you begin to change your will into God's will, which is His Word, and when your emotions begin to come out as love rather than anger, okay? And then also your actions begin to start being good actions, which uh, are actions that God can use in this world, amen? So the progressive sanctification is a process that begins to take place the minute that you're sanctified. Say that. Say, sanctification begins to take place the minute I am sanctified. Past tense. Sanctified. Past tense. See, the hegiazo, which means sanctified, is something that's already happened in your spirit. These things are very important to know, and that's why they've made so much difference in my spiritual life, that it's very important that I know that I've been sanctified and set apart from the world because the Holy Spirit came in. In other words, hegiazo, I have been made holy in Christ Jesus. But now a process needs to begin in my life, amen? And I need to begin to renew my mind to the Word of God so that I can change my will so that my emotions will be different. Are you with me? Now, I realize we hadn't hit a scripture yet, but we're going to in a few seconds. This progressive sanctification, hegiasmos, it's mentioned 10 times in the New Testament. Now, we're going to be going into this in future studies, so I'm not going to go into that tonight, but I just wanted to make the point that hegiasmos mostly is used in a continuation process, but not always. Hagiasmos, we're going to see tonight, sometimes means that you're sanctified at salvation, but then you need to continue the process. So all in one word, you've got two things that happen. The initial sanctification. Now, what would make that word hagiasmos, the continual progressive type sanctification, mean also being sanctified at salvation would be the verb that was attached to it or that is attached to it. If you say something like made holy or made sanctification, it would mean that you got made sanctified at salvation and then you continue to be sanctified throughout your spiritual life. But it's very important to know this. Let me reiterate right here. That you have been made holy in your spirit, that you continue to progressively be made whole in your soul, and that Hopefully your actions will begin to come forth as sanctified, set apart actions that can be used for God and meet for the master's use. Now we'll even get into that on down the line. Okay, now holiness 
in itself is a state into which God places man because of God's grace. Amen. Because of God's blood through Jesus Christ that washed you free from your sin and is white as snow. And because of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Those two being God's grace. Amen. You have been made holy in Christ Jesus. So holiness is a state into which God places man because of his grace. God has had grace upon you. Now in our teachings on holiness, if you've been out with me on Sunday morning, we first found out that God demands holiness. He says, be ye holy as I am holy. Number two, we found out that God has made every provision for us to be holy. He has made every provision. In other words, he has supplied everything that we need for us to be holy. Amen. He supplied Jesus. He gave Jesus on the cross. He gave us the Holy Ghost. Amen. In other words, God has made every provision for us to be made holy or to be sanctified through the blood of Jesus and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We can say praise God to that because he has. He's made every provision for us to be made holy. And then number three, we found out that the saints have already been made holy because of receiving the Holy Spirit. Amen. In other words, we now have holiness in our spirit. Okay. We now have holiness because of the Greek word hegiazo. In other words, we have been made holy. I have been made holy. God has made me holy. In other words, hegiazo, to make holy. That's what that means. So I think it's important to look into the Greek sometimes when we can see what these words are so that we know that it is a past tense thing that has happened in our life. Amen? Past tense. It has taken place. Now, this is something that the Lord spoke to me, and I've shared it with you on Sunday morning. And this is what the Lord spoke to me and said, which wasn't any real big revelation, but it blessed me when he, when he, when he revealed it to me, that God sent one like him. In other words, God sent Jesus, who was like him, to become like us. Amen? Walking in the flesh in order to make us like him. Amen? God had to send Jesus down to earth to die for our sins and then had to resurrect Jesus to pour down the Holy Spirit so that we could become like God, amen, through Jesus Christ. So in other words, we now have the Holy Ghost inside of us. In other words, God who is holy sent his Holy Son to earth to make us holy. That was God's purpose, amen. Now, a scripture that shows you this would be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 2. 1 Corinthians 1, chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians 1, verse number 2. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that, what, are sanctified, are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. What does that say there? Look with me. It says, to them that what? Are sanctified. Past tense. That word sanctified there is hegiazo. Amen. To make holy. In other words, we have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. And that word saints there means hagios. Hagios. H-A-G-I-O-S. What does that mean? Holy. Okay, holy. In other words, holy. We have become holy saints. Amen. And we are now sanctified. We are now set apart and made holy. Another verse is in 1 Corinthians 1.30. <clears throat> and what we're going to see right here in these two verses, 1 Corinthians 1.2 and 1 Corinthians 1.30, we'll see all three of these Greek words that I've went into tonight. Hegeso. Uh, or hagios, uh, hagios, uh, H-A-G-I-O-S, meaning saint or holy, hagiazo, which is we are sanctified. And now here in verse 30, we're going to see the word sanctification, which means hagiasmos. And this is what it says. But of him are you in Christ, Jesus, who of God is made unto us, what? Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. When Jesus Christ came, and because of what Jesus did, we were what made? Say that, made. Made. Made is a past tense verb, isn't it? 
Okay, now you're going to see this past tense verb hooked to wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Those four things happened at salvation. Through Christ Jesus, we were made wisdom. Amen? We were given wisdom. Amen? We were made righteous. In other words, we were made right with God. Past tense, right? We were made sanctification and we were redeemed. In other words, Jesus Christ came and purchased us with his blood out of the slave market of sin and took us home with him. Amen? And we became his slave. Now, you remember me saying on this word sanctification, hegiasmos, that that word usually means a continual process of sanctification, but here it is hooked to a verb made. So that means made hegiasmos, meaning made holy, and also a continual process continues. In other words, at salvation, when we're regenerated, we become holy, but then a continual process begins for us to be set apart unto God in our thinking and in our mind and in our actions. And we slowly say, Father, not our will, but your will. Remember the wills in the soul? Our mind, our will, and emotions. Father, not the anger of the devil, but I'm going to go for your love right now in the name of Jesus. Amen? In other words, set apart in every thought, every action, and in the actions of your body, being made meat for the master's use. Amen? In order to be used by God, first you've got to be right with God. You've got to not only be right, you've got to be sanctified, and you've got to be redeemed. Amen? That happens at salvation. Okay? And then you've got to begin to be set apart into God in your mind, in your thoughts, by renewing your mind to the Word of God, by beginning to recognize that your will is no longer right and that God's will, His Word, is right. And then your actions begin to come forth good actions which are able to be used by God. Amen? God is not able to use someone that don't know him. So therefore, you begin a process of sanctification at salvation. So look at that. You're made wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Now, in 1 Corinthians, again, uh, chapter 6, uh, verse number 9, we see uh, the word. Uh, we're going to be seeing the word. Actually, it's on down in verse number 11. Hegiezo again. And remember, hegiezo means what? It's a verb meaning to make holy. In other words, it's something that happened at salvation. Now, you might be able to see yourself in these verses beginning in verse 9 of 1 Corinthians uh, 6, 9. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, or effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor, thieves, nor covenants, uh, nor drunkards, nor revilers, uh, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Were any of you ever that? You were that, amen? Some of you were that, right? Well, you're not that anymore, so you can go ahead and cop out to it. I was just about all of those, man, you know? In other words, I was all that, amen? And then what does verse number 10, 11 say? And such, what's that word? Were, say it. And such were. And such were. Are you with me? 1 Corinthians 6, 11. And some and such were some of you. In other words, past tense. They're not that anymore. If you're in here for the crime of adultery tonight, if you're here for the crime of some uh, sexual sin or, or murder or rape or whatever, if you're here for some of that, hey, that's not you anymore. You were that, okay? And such were some of you. But what happened? Were some of you, but you are washed, number one. But you are sanctified, hegiezo. In other words, you're made holy, my brother. You've been separated unto God. Amen. You have been set apart from all those things of the world, from all that sin, from all that garbage, and you have been separated unto God from all that for his holy living now. Amen. In other words, you have been sanctified 100% in your spirit. Going on here. You're not only washed and sanctified, but you're justified. In other words, that word means just as if you had never sinned. God don't even see it anymore. God don't even see that anymore. Don't see it at all. You're washed by the blood. You're sanctified. You're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. And by what? The Spirit of our Lord. In other words, by the Spirit of the Lord, because of the Holy Ghost of the Lord that came inside of us, what happened? Say, I got sanctified. I got sanctified. I got set apart into God. In other words, I was made holy at salvation. I was set apart and made holy. Hegiezo, the Greek word. Amen. Now, over in 1 Peter, 
If you'd look, look with me, 1 Peter 3, 15. Here's what Peter said to do here. In 1 Peter 3, 15, he says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. 1 Peter 3.15. That word sanctify is hegiezo. In other words, once and for all, do it. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Okay? In your hearts, it says. Now notice the word hearts. Notice that word hearts. Peter says sanctify or set yourself apart or allow God to set you apart by his Holy Spirit. Amen? Unto God. Do that in the hearts. Where does it take place? Where does sanctification take place? In your heart. In your heart. Okay, now I'm not talking about some blood pumping heart. Pump, 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 pump. That's not the heart I'm talking about. Okay? Now the heart is this of man. The heart is the spirit and the soul. Amen? The spirit and the soul. In other words, man is an outward man. My outward man, you can see me. I'm a body, amen? I, all you see is my body. But inside, I have something in there. I have a core in there. I have a heart in there. I have a soul and I have a spirit, amen? That's what my heart is, okay? That's my heart. And you go through the scriptures and you look up heart all the, through the scriptures, you'll see that the heart thinks, the heart lusts, the heart does this, the heart does that, all kinds of things the heart does. Well, the heart is soul and spirit, now, let us go over, if we would, over into the book of Ezekiel. Over in the book of Ezekiel, talking about this heart, the part that is supposed to be sanctified, according to Peter, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. I'm going to be making a point, so really stick with me here now, okay? We're going to sanctify the Lord God in our heart. I want to explain to you briefly how God sanctifies your heart, okay? Now, uh, in Ezekiel chapter 36, beginning with verse number 25, uh, well, going up into uh, verse number 23, maybe, Ezekiel 36, 23, he says, and I will sanctify my great name. In other words, in other words he'll make us holy. He'll make it holy. He'll want to make his name holy. Uh, which was profane among the heathen. In other words, I tell you what, his name's been profane throughout this world, hasn't it? Now, he's going to sanctify his name, in other words. And then he goes on to say, which ye have profaned in the midst of them, and the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. Now, God is going to be sanctified in us, okay? For I will take you from among the heathen. That's exactly what God did when the Holy Spirit came in, amen? He took us from among the heathen, and he gathered you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Now, actually, this is talking about the Jews, but we know that we have been bled into the vine, Amen? We have been bled into the vine, according to Romans uh, 9, Romans uh, 10 and 11. Going on into verse 25, he says, Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you. This clean water that he's talking about there is the blood of Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Amen? The blood of Jesus and the Holy Ghost. And you shall be clean from all your iniquities and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you. Now, how did he do that? And a new spirit will I put within you. In other words, he's going to give us a new heart, and he's going to give us a new spirit will he put within us, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, okay? And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Then in verse number 29, it says, I will also save you from all your uncleanness. Now, how does God give you a new heart? Tell me. He sanctifies us. But when he gives us that new heart, he sanctifies us. Yes, like Peter says, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. But how he does it, he puts a new spirit in you. Amen. Puts a new spirit in you. Now remember that your, your heart, your heart, uh, the heart uh, uh, that we had before we got born again was an old heart, wasn't it? It was an old soul and an old spirit that, were, that was dead to God. Amen? Our spirit was dead to God. We wasn't alive to Christ. We were alive, but we were dead to God. Our spirit was not in line with God. It did not have the Holy Spirit in it. Amen? It was alive, but it was dead to God. 
And our soul, which is made up of our thoughts, our, our mind, our will, and our emotions, we're, we're just like our old dead spirit. In other words, that whole heart of man, the spirit and the soul, I'm talking about is the heart. Now listen to me. The heart was very much alike. The soul and the spirit there were joined together and they were producing garbage. Amen? But when the Holy Spirit, the new heart came in, when he put his new spirit inside of us, he gave us a heart that was no longer that old heart, but it was a new heart. Amen? Because it had that new spirit in there. Amen? But then, just because that new spirit is in there, does not mean that the rest of your soul, meaning your mind, your will, and your emotions, become brand new. They still need to be changed, don't they? In other words, your mind has to be changed to, to think exactly like God, 100%. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to be with heaven. Amen? But we're going to start doing that. Amen? Sanctifying our mind. Sanctifying our will to be God's will. Amen. But he gives you a new heart. I mean, he puts that new spirit in there and gives you a new heart. Now, the reason why I laid that foundation is that I want to take you over into Hebrews uh, chapter 4, verse number 12. And everybody turn to this because it's probably a scripture that you have not completely understand. I'm laying down some pretty heavy things here, I feel tonight, because God has shown me these things, and I believe that, that you will be a bear witness with, with what has taken place here. But what we're seeing here is that after the resurrection of Jesus, in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit was pouring down, and it came in, and it gave man a new heart. Amen? The Holy Ghost came in. Now look what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 4.12. It says, For the Word of God now, the Word of God, of course, is the, is the truth. It's, it, it's a seed, amen? Isn't the Word a seed? The Word is a seed, amen? Jesus said that His Word is seed. He said that my Word is spirit and life, didn't He? Is the Word spirit and life, John 6, 63? The Word that I speak unto you is spirit and it's life, okay? Okay, so when we say the Word of God is quick, that means it's alive, amen? The Word of God is alive. It is quick and it's powerful. Boy, oh, so powerful, amen? And it is sharper than any two-edged sword. So here you see the Word of God, the life of God, amen? The Spirit of God, the Spirit of God that came down on Pentecost and that comes into man's heart, it is quick, it is alive. In other words, quick, like you quick your fingernail. Boy, that's alive, isn't it? Huh? That's what that means, quick. In other words, it is quick, it's alive, and it's powerful. In other words, it is alive. The Word is life. The Word is seed. The Word is spirit. It's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And here's what it's able to do. Piercing even the dividing asunder. Now look at this. For you that are really heavy into the Word, you're going to love this. Because what the Word, when it comes into your heart, when you receive the Word of God into your heart, when you receive the salvation message of God into your heart, it comes into your heart and it pierces even the dividing asunder. That word dividing asunder. In other words, when you divide something, you put part of it over here and you put part of it over here, don't you? You divide it, amen? Now that word asunder is a King James, uh, King's uh, English, uh, Queen's English uh, word meaning cut, to cut, to part. In other words, it cuts, it parts, in other words. It just, the, the, the word of God comes in and it, it cuts, it pierces, and it divides, and it cuts. In other words, it divides as under of what? It divides as under of soul and spirit. You see that? Divides as under of soul and spirit. So here, before you're born again, you're a spirit, you have a soul, amen, and you have a body. Your spirit is dead to God, and it has an old soul that is also thinking all kinds of wrong, lustful type thoughts which are controlled by this spirit, amen. But here's what happens. When you hear the Word of God in your body out here, the Spirit comes into your heart. It comes into your soul. Amen? The Spirit causes a new spirit to take place and to come alive in your being. Amen? A brand new spirit. It's a Holy Spirit. And when it comes in, it separates and divides the soul and the spirit. 
Amen. Amen. If you've got a cup of water that is full of water, say, and then you take a ball like a handball that will sink to the bottom and you drop it in there, that ball is separate from the water, isn't it? Huh? Okay, recognize that now. When you drop that ball in that cup of water, let that ball represent your spirit, okay? You have a brand new spirit inside of you, but here's the water surrounding it, amen? And that water is totally separate from the, from the ball, amen? Well, that's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes in. When the Holy Spirit comes in, because the Holy Spirit comes in, because the Word comes in, it is quick. It's alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And what it does, it cuts apart the soul and the spirit. Your spirit becomes 100% whole because the Word is in there. And then you have this soul around your spirit, which is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And what does that need? That needs to be renewed, doesn't it? It needs to be changed. The will needs to be changed. But what you have inside of you, because the word came in, you have a spirit that is cut apart from the soul. Amen? You have a spirit that is whole. Well, that's what happens, that rebirth right there. And then it goes on to say, in ver at the end of that, and of the joints, meaning the bone and the marrow. When you look at your bone, for instance, you know that if you've ever looked at a ham bone or something and a piece of ham, that, that when the bone is in there, it's got some soft stuff right in the middle of that bone. Amen? Well, that's the marrow in there in that bone. And then the thing around that is, is the bone. And then the meat is on the outside. So let, let the marrow in there represent the spirit. And then let the bone represent the soul. And let the meat around there represent the body. Amen? Well, what this is saying here is this is giving you a joint and marrow. It's giving you a figurative illustration of the marrow being the spirit and the joint being the bone and the meat around there being the body. Amen? In other words, the mara is separated from the bone, and the bone is separated from the meat. Amen? But they're all in the same substance. Well, that's what our body is made of. It's spirit, it has a soul, and it has a body. When the Holy Spirit comes in, the Word of God comes in, it is quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it divides us under. In other words, it cuts apart the soul and the spirit and of the joint and the mara. And then it says it's the discerner of the thoughts and in the, the intents of the heart. Amen. The rest of the heart that needs to be understood, needs to be discerned, is your soul. Amen. Because the heart of man is the soul and the spirit. Amen. Are you with me now? So do you see how your spirit is totally sanctified when the Holy Ghost comes in? Huh? Do you see that? If you have any more questions on that, come and, and ask me about it because I know that it is probably uh, something new to you. Now, turning over here, we'll continue in this very same thing here. In Romans chapter 2, verse number 29, this will give you a little bit uh, clearer uh, uh, illustration of what we're talking about. Romans 2, 29 uh, well, beginning, uh, yeah, 229. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly. In other words, uh, before this, they were talking about becoming a Jew outwardly. When you become a Jew outwardly, that means you get circumcised. Amen? In other words, you get the, the foreskin cut off of your penis. Amen? In other words, that kept the covenant, the Jewish covenant. Amen? But now we're talking about a born-again man or a born-again Jew he becomes a Jew or he becomes into the uh, Jewish covenant, uh, such as uh, Ezekiel was talking about back there, uh, when he is uh, a Jew, which is one inwardly. In other words, something happens inwardly to this person. And the circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter. Okay. So you see that there is a actual inward circumcision to take place, okay? Now, this is not an outward circumcision. I mean, we don't do that anymore as Christians, amen? Some of you are probably circumcised, some of you not. Don't make a big difference. I used to know a Christian right here, used to try to get everybody to go to the hospital and get circumcised. He went on and got circumcised himself, you know? Man, it was, uh, I don't, must have been 45 years old or something, you know what I mean? But now we are a Jew, not outwardly, amen, but one inwardly. And the circumcision that needs to take place in our 
Life is one that needs to take place in our heart and it needs to take place in the Spirit, okay? Or by the Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit comes into our heart, what happens? We're circumcised. In other words, the flesh is cut off. The flesh that was controlling our heart is cut off. How much of it's cut off? Well, the Spirit come in. Amen. And it cut off the flesh. But still in the heart, there is a soulish area that needs to be continually sanctified and made right with God by a progressive sanctification of the renewing of the mind, the changing of the will, so that the emotions can come out of your body in a pure fashion. So you see here that circumcision takes place in the heart and it takes place uh, in the spirit or by the spirit, by the Holy Spirit. Some people want to say that it takes place in your spirit. It does take place in your spirit and it takes place by the Holy Spirit. So both of those are right. Amen. The circumcision is in the heart, in the spirit. Amen. In other words, the spirit comes into your heart and it cuts the old dead spirit out. Amen. That was separated unto God and it puts a live Holy Spirit in your heart. Amen. Glory to God. Isn't that perfect? Isn't that beautiful? That's beautiful right there. Now, looking over into Colossians chapter uh, two, uh, verse number 10. I know we're getting into some pretty heavy stuff tonight, but I want you to see that you're sanctified in your spirit. And I wanted you to know uh, a little bit deeper of how and why this happens. In Colossians 2, verse number uh, uh, 10, it says, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities. Look at the word complete. In other words, you are completed in your spirit. Uh, in Christ, because Christ lives in you, which is the head of all principalities and powers. Verse 11 is of Scripture that you want to see, Colossians 2:11, in whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, in the putting off of the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Because you were circumcised in your heart, uh, the circumcision of Christ, you 100% totally put off the body of sin. Now that's very important. Uh, to see that. This same Greek word for putting off here, uh, which means a uh, total putting off of your sin uh, nature or your, or your spirit that was completely controlled by sin is also used in 3.9 of Colossians. Colossians 3.9, lie not one to another, seeing that you what? Have. Have put off the old man with its deeds. In other words, when the Holy Spirit come in, your old man in your spirit was completely 100% put off. That's not saying that you don't need to continue to be renewed in your mind and your thinking and perfected in your soul. But your, when the Spirit came into the heart of mankind, uh, into the soulish area, and to put that new spirit inside of your heart, uh, you have put off the old man uh, with his deeds. The same Greek word that is used in uh, Colossians 2.11, which means putting off, is the same Greek word in Colossians uh, uh, 3.9. Uh, and then it's also the same Greek word in Colossians 2.15, uh, which means spoiled and having spoiled. That word spoiled is a once and for all spoiling that Jesus Christ did, amen, to the enemy uh, when he put him under his feet. And that is the same thing that took place when the Holy Ghost came into your life. You completely put off that old man, the old sin, the old body of sin, the corruptible seed inside of you, a a uh, incorruptible seed came into you, and glory to God, the Holy Ghost is inside of you, sanctified. Amen? That word stripping off, uh, the Greek word is apekduo. Uh, uh, it's A-P-E-K-D-U-O. It means like you strip off clothes or you strip off someone's, uh, not, not his arms here, not his physical arms, but their arms, like their guns and their, their swords. In other words, you completely strip off, or it also means to strip off the flesh. So what Jesus Christ did when he rose from the dead and put his Holy Spirit inside of you, he completely stripped off that body of sin that was inside of you, that sin nature that was inside of you. He stripped it off. He put it off. That is the old man. He put a new man inside of you when he put the Holy Ghost inside. Amen? 
Now, in Ephesians chapter uh, 4, uh, 22, talking about this new man that is sanctified inside of you, 4.22, it says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. Uh, that uh, put off there uh, is different from the put off in uh, Colossians 3, uh, 9 and 2.11 and, and 3. Uh, uh, and 2.15, it's different, but this means to cast off concerning the former conversation, the old man, with, uh, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. What I wanted you to see there is that the new man that you have put on, the new man that has come inside of you, that word put on is in duo, it means to be clothed with, means to be clothed with. In other words, you have put off a old nature, a sin nature inside of you when the Holy Spirit came in, and you got clothed, and you put on a new nature, uh, which is created in what? Righteousness and true holiness, okay? True holiness. In other words, you have true holiness inside of you. Now, when this happened is when you became a new creation. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, Verse number 17, I imagine many of you know it, right? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. My brother, you have a brand new Holy Spirit inside of you that is sanctified and holy. Amen. Do you, will you say amen on that? It is sanctified and holy. Now, in verse number 21, it says, For he hath made him... Uh, meaning God has made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be what? Made, M-A-D-E, past tense, the righteousness of God in Christ. In other words, God has put his righteousness inside of you. He has made you right with him. And the way he did that, and the only way that you can become right with God, is to have that sin nature, the old man done away with, stripped out of you. Uh, the old flesh that is inside of you has to be circumcised. And that happens when the Holy Spirit comes in and the cutting apart of soul and spirit takes place. Amen. The new Holy Spirit came in and that's what makes you right with God. You just didn't go out and get right with God on your own. When the Holy Spirit came in and gave you a brand new spirit, amen, that made you right with God and therefore... Uh, we are to, to know that God 100% made us right with him in the spirit. There's many areas that we need to continue to, to work on in our soul. We're going to get into that a little later on, the progressive sanctification. But tonight I just want you to see that we have received holiness, sanctification at redemption. In 2 Peter, if you'd write this down, 2 Peter uh, chapter 1. Verse 3 and 4, we'll see that we've been given a divine nature. In other words, God has put his nature inside of us. Second Peter, I'm going to be giving you a lot of scriptures now, so uh, bear with me on the speed that I give them to you. Uh, Second Peter, chapter 1, verse number 3. According to his divine power, uh, in other words, his Holy Spirit came into us. He has given to us all things that pertain, uh, given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Amen. In other words, he has put godliness inside of us. One definition of the word hegeza, which I went into tonight, uh, to make holy, remember that, to make holy. Uh, one author says, uh, a guy by the name of Stephen says that that word means uh, godliness. In other words, he has given us godliness. He has put Christ inside of us. He's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. What? Through the knowledge of him. When we came into the knowledge of Jesus and received him as our Savior, uh, it says he has called us unto glory and virtue or excellence, whereby are given unto us. Say that, are given unto us. Exceeding great and precious promises. That by these you might be what? Partakers. Say that. Partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Say, I'm a partaker of his divine nature. In other words, when the Holy Spirit came into you and when it was uh, given to you uh, and when you received the Holy Spirit, in other words, you took on a new holy hagios, H-A-G-I-O-S, meaning holy nature, divine nature, amen? And God made you holy at the time of salvation, but now we are to begin to work on our soul, which we become progressively more sanctified, not in our spirit, but in our soul, in our mind, and in our will, and in our thinking. Amen?
Are you with me? And then our actions begin to be uh, that of holiness, uh, that of holy actions. So we take on a divine nature there. Now, looking at this in 2 Timothy, uh, 2 Thessalonians, excuse me, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verse number 13, tells us what Jesus did. But we are bound, 2 Thessalonians 2, 13, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you because God has from the beginning chose you to salvation through what? Sanctification of the Spirit. So that's what I want you to see. Sanctification of the Spirit. Now this sanctification of the Spirit is the same word that, that means the progressive sanctification, which is hagiasmos, which I brought out tonight. But it also means uh, because uh, of the verb that goes with it and because he has chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit it also means that he has also sanctified you in the spirit amen but now there is also a continual process that takes place of the renewing of the mind the changing of the will and therefore the emotions change and your actions change because your emotions change so we see sanctification of the spirit in first peter uh, write this down if you would, if you're taking notes tonight. 1 Peter 1, 2, talking about this same word, hagiasmos, sanctification. Uh, here again, hagiasmos is used uh, that he made us holy and that it also is a progressive holiness that takes place in the soul. Not only holiness of the spirit, but also holiness in the soul. Uh, 1 Peter 1, uh, 2, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit, okay? Sanctification of the Spirit. In other words, the Spirit has been sanctified. Amen? And then it goes on to say, unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. If you would bear with me, go on here, if you would, to Colossians uh, 1.22. I realize I'm going through these scriptures rather fast tonight, but I have several that I want to share with you in the next 10 minutes. Uh, Colossians 1.22 says this, In the body of his flesh through death to present you what? Holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. So when Jesus came to earth in the body of his flesh through his death, what did he do? He presented you holy, didn't he? He presented you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in God's sight. You know, when God looks down upon you, he sees you covered with his son's blood, and he sees you full of the Holy Spirit if you're a born-again Christian. Amen? So you're unreprovable in God's sight. You are holy. He presented you holy because he gave you his Holy Spirit. Talking about this process here in Romans chapter 15, 16, uh, this is a good verse for you to, if someone asked you, uh, why do you think you're sanctified at salvation? You know, when I first got saved, uh, after about a year, you know, some teachers came along and said, you know, I got sanctified at salvation. I said, oh, no, you didn't. You know, I thought there was some, some kind of weird denomination, you know. And uh, uh, it took me about two years of my life before I realized that I was sanctified at salvation. I was sanctified in my spirit. See, I wasn't sanctified in my thinking and set up. My thinking wasn't perfectly right with God, but boy, my spirit was, amen? Because I got filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit came in me. And here in verse uh, Romans uh, 15, 16, if someone ever challenges on the fact that you're sanctified or not, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. That's hegiezo, you're sanctified. How? By the Holy Ghost. Amen. By the Holy Ghost, my brothers. And uh, the word there for holy, matter of fact, is uh, uh, hagios, H-A-G-I-O-S, meaning holy, uh, again. Uh, and then the word for sanctified there is uh, hagiazo, meaning to make holy. Now, also, we weren't only sanctified by the Spirit, but we were sanctified by the blood. The blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, if you're writing these scriptures down, write them down. I'm going to give them to you right now that will show you you're sanctified by the blood. I'll give you the first one here in 1 John uh, 1, 7. It said here, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us uh, from all sin. All sin. All sin. In other words, in our spirit, all sin has dissipated. 
in our spirit. Amen. We have taken on a new nature. Uh, the spirit and the soul has been separated. The soul has sin in it, but the spirit don't. We have the Holy Spirit. That's how you translate over here uh, into First uh, John 3, uh, uh, verse number uh, 9. It says, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed uh, remaineth. Uh, in him. In other words, you have the seed of God in you, so therefore you don't commit sin. Not in your spirit. Now in your soul, you might think bad thoughts, and yes, you sin. But in your spirit there, you don't sin, and that's uh, uh, because the seed of God is inside of you. Uh, write these scriptures down. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses your mouth sin. Hebrews 2.11. Uh, write these down real quick. I'm going to give them to you. Don't turn to them. Uh, Hebrews 2.11. Uh, Hebrews 9.13. Uh, Hebrews 10.10, 10, uh, then 10.14, uh, and 10.29. In other words, 10.10, 10, 10.14, 10.29. And then 13.12 of Hebrews, which we will turn to. Uh, 13.12, if you need those scriptures and didn't get them, you can get them after the class here. 13.12 of Hebrews, wherefore Jesus also that he might what? Sanctify the people with his own blood suffering without the gate. So in other words, Jesus sanctified us. Uh, that word is hegiazo, sanctified. He made us sanctified, made us holy. He separated us unto God by putting the Holy Spirit into us. I have a few more scriptures here tonight. Uh, in Acts 20, uh, verse number 30, we see here that we're sanctified. Uh, Acts 20, uh, verse 32, excuse me. 20.32 says this, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are what? Sanctified. That's Hegiezo, sanctified. And then 26.18 of Acts, if you flip over a few pages, if you're not staying up with me, just write the scriptures down. Acts 26.18, you'll see how you're sanctified. We have said so far tonight that we're sanctified by the Spirit, we're sanctified through the blood of Jesus. But you know, neither one of these things here do any good unless you have faith in it. <laughs> Did you know that? Faith in it. Uh, Acts uh, 26, 18 says this. Uh, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified. How? By faith. By faith, sanctified by faith, that is in me. In other words, you've got to have faith to be sanctified. Faith in the blood. Uh, in the Bible here, we will go into some agents of sanctification later on. But we're sanctified by faith, the Bible tells us. We're sanctified by the Spirit. We're sanctified by the blood atonement. We're sanctified by God, of course. We're sanctified by Christ. And we're sanctified by the Word. Amen. And if you add all these agents up, which is the Word, Christ, Father, Blood, Spirit, Faith, they all agree in one, amen? Praise God, and we get sanctified through them. In other words, faith in the Word brings a supernatural event. In other words, just as Mary had faith that the Holy Spirit was going to come into her and Jesus was going to be born, amen, conceive a child of the Holy Ghost, you have to have faith that the seed comes into you and makes you holy with God, amen? Now, you know, a lot of times in John 17, 17, uh, the high priestly prayer of Jesus, we see this word sanctify, and we think that it's an ongoing process, but actually this is what happened. In John 17, 17, Jesus says this, sanctify praying, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. In other words, he once and for all sanctified us when the Holy Spirit came in, made us holy in our spirit by putting the Holy Spirit in. Then in verse number 19, he says, sanctify them through thy truth. In other words, when we heard the truth of God, when we heard the word, amen, we heard God's word, we received God's word, we received God's seed, which is incorruptible, we received his Holy Spirit, which is seed, amen. And that truth came in, it sanctified us, the word sanctified us, and gave us a brand new spirit, amen. In other words, the word, it was planted in us. A good scripture for this is in 1 Peter 1, 23. Uh, of course, that's the born-again experience, amen? No man can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again, amen? Not only in this world of flesh, but also we need to be born of the Spirit. So that's what 1 Peter uh, 2, uh, I mean, 1, 23 is talking about, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the Word of God. In other words, the incorruptible seed, the Word of God, comes into us and sanctifies us. Then over in 1 Peter 3, 4, 
1 Peter 3, 4, it says, but let it be a hidden man of the heart. Now, here's what the hidden man of the heart is. In that which is not corruptible. In other words, there's something in your heart that's not corruptible. Even the ornaments of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. In other words, we have a meek and quiet spirit in our heart, which is not corruptible, my brother. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And to God, that is the greatest price that you can have is his Holy Ghost inside of you that sanctifies you and sets you apart unto God. Glory to God. I hope you enjoyed this tonight. I, I still didn't quite get rid of the rest of the scriptures that I wanted to share with you, but I, I, I went about as far as I could in the time that I had, and we'll go into this subject later, but now I think that I've finished the area of our spirit, of being sanctified in our spirit. Uh, is everyone content that their spirit is sanctified? is set apart unto God, that you have the Holy Ghost inside of you because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Well, I've been preaching on this for, for three or four weeks now, trying to make this point. Before we get into the avenue or the area of our soul, which is made up of our mind, will, and emotions. Now, we got a lot of work to do on those, my brother. Amen? A lot of work to do on them. We're going to be teaching on that. We're going to be teaching on that, that we need to begin to work on our soul that has been cut apart from our spirit. Amen. Our spirit is in there. Boy, it's just living in there just perfect. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's the Holy Ghost. But there is a soul that is made up of mind, will, and emotions that needs to be changed, needs to be sanctified, needs to be set apart. And we've got to begin to do that. Glory to God. Do you enjoyed this tonight? I hope so. Praise God. I know I went a little fast there in the end on some scriptures. But uh, the thing about it is I have a mixed congregation here. Some of you don't give a hoot about what a Greek word is. And some of you do give a hoot about what the Greek words are, okay? So the ones of you that don't, uh, bear with me, okay? And the ones of you that do...